This is the one with the Master Race. The Farewell Tour. The Palpatine Gauntlet. The Mos Eisley Cantina. A Millennium Falcon Shootout. Starbug! And the Doctor finally breaks the glass ceiling. It's called The End of Time, Part 2. Here we go! We're still on our endless void. All through time and all through space. With Sabine and Angels now. Dalek, Cybers, Uden, wow! Tennant, Smith and Eccleston. And Capaldi, he's the man. Doctor Who is cool again. That was Russell's master plan. Who back when? Reviewing all new who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Rose and Donna, Amy Pond, Rory, Martha and beyond. Join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be but who back when? Who back when? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another epochal episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Or Doc Past. And I'm not even going to call you on that because... This is it. Yeah, this is a celebration. This is a jubilee day, a, a festive moment. As Every in, episode should be the end of time part two. <laughs> should uh, it? Um, Here with me to discuss that questionable <laughs> suggestion opposite me is... Marie! And to her opposite, but not where I am, is... <laughs> Hello, podcast land. I am Ponkin. And fudging this introduction is Drew back when. Hey, Drew. <laughs> Spatial awareness, 5.0. <laughs> so we have arrived at the end of the end of time. Yes. Yes, we have. With a five-minute break in between, actually make that ten, this is our end of time evening. This is our end of time soiree. Yes. <laughs> That sounds dark. Well, I mean, all of reality is probably going to be snuffed out during this episode, so... You never know. Mm. Yeah. Maybe the stars will go out for a good reason this time. <laughs> mm. As opposed to the last time Wolf was looking at the sky and you raised that brilliant objection. <laughs> <laughs> this should have happened thousands of years ago. <laughs> yeah, true. Shall we be scoured right away? Let's. Let's do that. Time for us to synopsize, clarify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all. We like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who? The final day has dawned, and every human on Earth has been eradicated, except for our old friend Wilfred Mott and, wouldn't you know it, Donna Noble. The Time Lords are on approach, and the Doctor must team up with a prickly pair of aliens to undo the Master Race of Part 1. The prophecies have told of the final confrontation between the surviving children of Gallifrey, and Lord President Rassilon is determined to have a hand in proceeding. Be scow over, you are welcome. Don't you just... <laughs> Right. Oh, I watched this last night with you, Leon. Yes, you did. And I said to you then, I'm mm -hmm. not sure how they can get more than about 20 minutes out of this cliffhanger yeah. unless it goes to some really weird and unnecessary places. <laughs> 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 because that's the sort of cliffhanger in a normal Doctor Who episode that would herald the start of the third act. Mm. But here we have 75 minutes mm. still to go. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it is longer even than the episodes that are longer than the episodes normally are. <laughs> and why? There's zero justification for it. Yeah. I, I, can I start us off with a, a different question, though? At any point, is the actual end of time heralded? Like, is time actually going to end? So the Gallifreyans want to get rid of their bodies and ascend. Yeah, so far, still time. They'll be, they'll sort of like be above time. Now, what will happen is Rassilon says, I don't know if it, whether it's the untempered schism exactly, but the time vortex will be allowed to rip creation, the universe, all of reality apart. That's yeah. what he says. 
And at that point, that's when they do the ascending and the becoming beings because of consciousness. in the void, all of time and space is in the void. When you look into the void, that's what sends the Doctor mad. Um, the master. The master, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, Still feels to me like there'll be nothing but time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the end of time. It's the start of time. Like, the, uh, the best time of time's life, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well... No. <laughs> no? Okay. No, that's, that's well, quite the opposite conclusion. I have, I have missed out on the core concept of their plan, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kept quite vague, but then how exactly would you specify the basically unimaginable? Because we are beings, you know, within time. The Time Lords of, of any race in the universe have the best chance of, of saying this. They understand the words they're using. We lesser humans can't possibly be expected to comprehend. I think it's a, a kind of a bag of bullshit. Because... <laughs> <laughs> You think Rick and Morty could have explained this perfectly yes. in a few seconds? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Undoubtedly, indubitably, that the they are time lords. A, they're not going to give up on like half of their identity. What are they going to be now? Just bodiless intellects roaming the universe. But if the time vortex is going to destroy space, like you know the universe, then there's no, nowhere for them to go. They're not going to rule over anyone. They're not going to see anything because there's nothing left they're just going to be in the time vortex and i'm sure they'll love it and they'll have you know each other's company well do you know what that's worth it because the daleks will be destroyed i i think there is a certain myopia that has crept into their thinking in the last days of the time war oh really i, I well, think maybe. this is more about vengeance than they'd like to get than they'd like to let on that's a that's a good theory okay yeah because that. that yeah because that was why the doctor was like i had to stop it because yeah he could see that what they were aiming for was not good no like no one was gonna win it was just about destroying the other their foe yeah okay yeah yeah okay all right <laughs> convinced good thank you so much for listening ladies and gentlemen podcast <laughs> lands <laughs> wait 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 we start on gallifrey we do yes yeah. and it's looking a bit shabbier than usual yeah yeah it is we get to see some dalek ships from the time war which I think is pretty cool. Yep, we get to see the Time Lord Crone version of Dalek Khan, Dalek Crone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Which is definitely, as you said last episode, an archetype. Oh, yes. The RTD scrapes from the barrel Often fondly. Often revisits, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that is, like, I'm picturing a massive jam jar. That's what I'm picturing. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and Timothy Dalton has progressed from the role of the narrator and the spittle flecker to a fully-fledged functioning character and complete psychopath yeah just a massive gauntlet wielding madman oh good when he just destroys the woman who dares to disagree with him and like yeah yeah, yeah. it was I, something that he then later takes to the larger council for a vote yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> good point. <laughs> How dare you raise that point? Oh, but it was quite a good one, actually. I'll take that. Hmm. I mean, the Phantom Menace Senate that he then addresses shortly thereafter, they're very easily convinced, I felt. I mean, he just well, shows up with a stick and goes like, this will be great, you know? No, no, because... Make gives- Gallifrey great again, and everyone applauds. Well, yeah, he gives them the choice. What are you going to do? Vote for Hillary, i.e. Gallifrey loses, or <laughs> vote for me, Gallifrey rises. You're going to be so tired of winning, Gallifrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's very topical. (laughs) So he's a cross between Thanos and Trump, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, he has the 
gauntlet and everything. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so there's a line um, on that scene. There are two people that vote against it. And doesn't he basically call them weeping angels? They have to stand either side of them with their head in their hands. I know. Yeah, we we, we addressed this as well uh, last night when we were watching the episode. Yeah. For a second there, I almost thought, like, wait, hang on. Are they going to be like, turned, turned into them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I'm it not so sure. A bit of a throwaway. I think it's like, oh, let's let's just ham fist a reference to Blink. Yeah. People <laughs> liked Blink. No one's going <laughs> to like this episode. <laughs> let's just refer to something. Let's just like, remind people that we can do good work. <laughs> uh, no, you you got to think this is Moffat at this stage having some influence, being like, you should definitely put a reference to that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Remind them of who's going to be the big dog in town. <laughs> He's there just like rattling a little jam jar. <laughs> He's just like, oh, come on, come on, come on. You can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, that is a really weird line actually yeah. to pop in there. But the first time we see the whole, all the Gallifreyans, they're there. The women with the fingers over their eyes. Yeah. And then... Yeah, why are they part of the... You know, there's the, like the five of them that come and, and the two and like, they betrayers br- they, are... They brought their two like, yeah. just yeah. <laughs> shit bags along with them. <laughs> why doesn't he just gauntlet them? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nintendo Power Glove, those two traders. <laughs> is it to rub their faces in it? I mean, obviously they're not going to exactly witness it, but they're going to hear his democratic will being exercised. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just being a dick. Really? Yeah. He is a little bit of a dick in this episode. <laughs> Just a little, a little bit. bit. A little bit. <laughs> Can I pick up as my first note? Go for it. About how Donna is assuredly now a burnt out husk on the ground. Oh, she's dead. Yeah, she's she definitely is dead. She told Malot's dead. Except she's calling up Wilf on the phone. Oh, yeah. That's that's because that didn't pan out at all. <laughs> 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 because all that stuff that we were led to believe was uh, an unquestionable truth for how many episodes? Maybe like uh, around about a year, actually, right? Yeah. It was worth nothing. Absolutely nothing. You could have done something else with that. If, if she was going to explode, she could have remembered the doctor being on, like, basically now the fuse is lit. She's going to blow. And when she blows, she's going to take tons with her. And then she chooses to sacrifice herself. And she saves Wilf. And she saves her mom and the Earth. Yeah. And fulfills her destiny. But she dies as herself, slash the Dr. Donna, with all of her memories intact. And the audience doesn't get lied to. Yeah, but that's not sentimental, is it? The run- you, you, you could totally make that sentimental. Yeah, yeah but the runaway could. bride actually getting married at the end is the super sentimental payoff that, that, that so neatly bookends her stint in Doctor Who. Okay, so since we have uh, one James Bond in this, why don't we George Lazenby her wedding? And <gasps> oh, oh! She marries, and then shortly thereafter, <laughs> some you know Time Lord douchebag shows up and kills her husband, whatever his face was, and then that's how she remembers because she sees a Time Lord do some wibbly wobbly stuff, and then she goes completely haywire and takes them out with her. Yeah, <laughs> boom. Yeah. Yeah. You and me, we're gonna have all the time in the world. <laughs> Retro rewrites. <laughs> yeah, there you go. My biggest super. I made notes of two big problems with this. Okay. One, <laughs> she is, as the doctor says in this episode, his best friend. You think I wouldn't put a defense mechanism in my best friend's head? Of the time. Yes. Best friend of the time. He wasn't really hanging out with a lot of people at the time, though, yeah. let's be fair. But, but, if she at the time is his best friend. Yeah. 
why doesn't he find her when she's asleep, take out the defense mechanism, then rock up later at her wedding saying, hello, Donna, lovely to see you. Look, my me, your best friend, is at this wedding, probably taking it over because of my massive ego. Here's a honeymoon ticket to the Singing Towers of Derillium. Enjoy a 24-year shagathon. See you when you're 60. That's what he'd do for a best friend. But he does none of that. <laughs> he went straight for shagathon. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah, no, fair enough. <laughs> and then... If he doesn't, the next time Donna sees a headline or a TV segment on how everyone was the master for a day, her head's going to knock down everyone within 100 yards of the shockwave. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hmm. Is it that without that defense mechanism, she would actually explode and die? Uh, Yeah, that's what I took it to be. Like, it's not, he hasn't just weaponized her. (laughs) (laughs) That does mean that everyone still needs to keep everything a secret from her. But she she can hear about the master and all the shenanigans because she just goes, Oh, I'm done, I slept through everything, what an idiot. But but isn't she going to throw one of those shockwaves every single time, as you said? Mm, No. Why not? I reckon yes, because otherwise she is now cured of that and if she is now cured then she could be his companion again or she and her husband could be or at the very least they could hang out every now and then he could i tell you what screw amy and rory donna and sean (laughs) be matt smith's companions no how about that no 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 no. that's a a terrible rewrite idea (laughs) (laughs) however at the very least he wouldn't have to hide at her wedding (laughs) hide in huge quotation marks very poorly (laughs) i'm gonna park my tardis right at the entrance Just stand there like you're gonna have to push it aside in order to drive off. Mm. Yeah. Okay. What are we focusing on in this one? There are several themes, all of which are dreadful. There's more pointless repetition. Ending, yeah. ending, ending. Earth, 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 earth. <laughs> I mean, she was, you could tell she was making a, like Tyre's last episode. Earth, 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 earth. Come on, come on, join in. Earth, 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 earth. No, you've got to provide the melody. Earth, 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 yeah, okay. Uh, I forgot what the point was. <laughs> <laughs> big themes, big themes in this episode. I suppose my big theme was the worst bits come back again and, and why, like the head shaking from last yeah, time. Yeah, that's Cause super I, annoying. Because I get this is a two-parter and there'll be callbacks, but why is it all the worst bits mm. that get called back? And it's not that I apply this retrospectively. I mark these things down at the time as the worst bits and then they happen again. Just to clarify the cause and effect there. It's like, <laughs> why? Why does RTD think this is the prize moment of this episode? I should definitely <laughs> put this in the next one. You said cause and effect. This is actually the one I think I mistook myself the last time because in my end of time part two notes this is where I have the Bill and Ted reference. Yeah. And, mm. uh, so this is where that happens. This is where the Time Lords send that drumbeat back. But they also say... Uh, quote history says the master heard a drumbeat history what history like they just made it up and they they haven't sent anything back yet and then who's going to document it and why is history talking about this and also is this the same history that says that two and this is something we discussed yesterday two children of Gallifrey the two last children of Gallifrey locked in their final confrontation which you very rightly pointed out that's not their final confrontation no not anymore yeah Yeah. absolutely not. not even that generation of the master 
Yeah, uh, and also not the final children of Gallifrey, clearly. And if they had been the final children of Gallifrey, wouldn't 007 et al., wouldn't they realize that, oh, well, we're going to fail because otherwise they won't be the final children of Gallifrey. We will be. Mm. No? <laughs> is that a stretch, maybe? No, I, I, I buy what you're saying. Um, but the thing is, if you've got no options in that war environment and it is death or attempt, you'd go with attempt, wouldn't you? But ladies and gentlemen, uh, I have never been surrounded by so many raised eyebrows and <laughs> <laughs> furrowed brows. <laughs> well, we are trying to we are trying to mash the past, present, and future. Yeah, all together at once, sometimes in reverse order. Yeah, okay. I think as well, like the the soothsayer that like starts tapping out the drum beat. That yeah. she's like all like she's not just a regular like timely ed she's got something extra and she's so, from the sisterhood of khan right is she i i sort of assumed that she was yeah so as, like Maybe I said I'm wrong. before like i th- i sort of give them a little bit more leeway with the kind of bill and ted sci-fi okay time hopping <laughs> thing just because like maybe she can see alternate realities at once and therefore she knows about there is a history of the master ah. having this drum beat because in a version of reality it was there that's a super good point i mean even the ood in part one say that they have developed the skill of of seeing across time so yeah. maybe actually yeah you're completely right someone wrote a prophecy about this alternate future yeah yeah good point nice one <laughs> god i retract everything i've said ever <laughs> We're not far into the episode. I already in my notes have written laughter twice, by the way. Mm. More master laughter. Yeah. Wow. And the thing is, we've now seen him laugh in a whole bunch of different ways. (laughs) Yeah, we don't need more. (laughs) I think the master is quite... I think he's certainly better in this episode overall. He's less annoying. He's not perfect by any means. No, he's definitely better. Yeah. Well, first of all, he, he's relishing being in control of the planet. That's great. Manic mm-hmm. Master being triumphant. He's good at that. And then when they're talking about, actually, you could join me and we, we could see the stars and that's ownership enough just to see it. That oh, ties in very well with what just happened. Yeah. And that scene is, is really, really powerful where the Master is almost trying to go against his own nature. He gets really teary-eyed just like, like would you really want to i can't remember what he says like do would it really be good like would could we do this is yeah. this an option of mine but then somehow the drum beat is too strong it just overpowers him do you know what actually now you said that that makes me question the ending of the doctor falls as in the master's ending because that is sort of set up metaphorically with missy wrestling with her past self yeah as in in human human form in in Gallifreyan form sure yes yes yeah, yeah. Uh, right there in front of her that master and he he says I will never join with the doctor and he kills her yeah spoilers. but in this episode he he was really considering that quite seriously for a lot of it yeah he was but also wasn't Missy I mean if we're drawing this parallel isn't her intention really just to kill her past self and then maybe actually just go and rejoin the doctor yes yes it is but it's his implacable opposition to it the past self that only works on a metaphorical level because we are seeing in front of us this past self actually contemplating it yeah yeah but he's only he's only contemplating it because the doctor's there in front of him offering him something and and holding his hand and saying we like together we can do this if you he's been on his own for a really long time and he's like created this Cybermen race and blah, blah, blah. this is we're talking about a very different series right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's true. But you know, I mean, like, like he's got a, a vision of who he is as a person and what his place in history is, and the Doctor can make him like briefly 
kind of reconsider that but it's not strong enough to pull him over onto his side yeah and then yeah the point of missy is that he's had like centuries to kind of build on that relationship and she's at the point then of turning but it took like a really really long time to get to that point okay i buy that i take back everything i ever said (laughs) you are really good at this sorry Okay, spinning off from it, it took her a really long time to do that, and the Doctor obviously was alive for that entire time, guarding her. Yeah. In this one, he reveals his age. Yeah, you don't want to listen to an old man's tales, do you? I'm older than you. Get away. I'm 906. Oh, really, though? Yeah. Mm. Get away. (laughs) (laughs) 906. Have we not heard him say that he is at least a thousand, that he is maybe even thousands? Is that not later? Is that not the Matt Smith era? We even had, we we reviewed, and I've uh, referred back to this on a few occasions, in this context, we we reviewed an audiobook called Orbis, an eighth doctor adventure, Mm. in which he spent 800 years on the planet Orbis. Mm. And even if that, like, I mean, I'm not assuming that Orbis years are the same duration, you know, as as our years. Surely 800 years on a planet where we have plots and whatever that could take place on Earth, but don't. Yeah. Probably pretty similar. feel like he's older than 906. I guess that's, um, how does he count his age? Is it in, is he 900 Earth years? Yeah, also, yeah, super good question. Is he 900 Gallifreyan years? years. Like, like, yeah. yeah, what does it even mean? Yeah, it's 24 years on Derillium, just the one night. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Maybe it just makes it up. But then that is also a parallel here with him on a number of occasions saying that maybe Time Lords live a little bit too long. Mm. He's talking to uh, someone else in that scene. Wilf! Wilf is in Wilf. space! Oh, 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 when Wilf sees Earth! Oh, it's so oh. nice. And then he doesn't want to leave the window. He's yeah. like, oh, Doctor, we're in space. I know. Oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. Oh, it's wonderful. The only thing more adorable would be Wilf in space, looking out of the door of the TARDIS, wearing antlers, doing a dance. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like, I really like the spaceship as well. I, it just like it's a really cool spaceship. It does, it does look like the stuff. I have very much. <laughs> <laughs> like a much bigger version but like it's i don't know just like it's not green it's quite least. like we get a proper sci-fi we get like a space battle like we don't really often get that in doctor who it's yeah, always, always like on earth and it but it's such an incredible millennium falcon yeah oh my god yeah slash so rip off yeah i mean one of many we brought this up in part one as well i mean the, it, one of many star wars references mm, yeah so many. Shall we list them? What do we got? <laughs> <laughs> Millennium Falcon, Phantom Menace Senate, Mos Eisley. Yeah. You mentioned that you even saw Princess Leia. Yeah, there's a the woman canteen. stood right next to Jack with a white like robe on that it looks identical. Like, yeah, she's totally meant to be Leia, I think. You got the Palpatine hand bolts. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. That's yeah, probably that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but enough. But, that's a lot. But does that bother you? Because I remember another episode, you were kind of going, ah, oh, they ripped off Star Wars, this, this, and this. No, um, I, I, it doesn't bother me. It, okay, it, I feel like maybe there are a few too many. Yeah. It's just a little bit too blatant. Because I really liked it when um, Wolf was in the chair and they were like doing the laser thing. And it was so, um, it actually it came in the wrong order, but it made me think of Ray. Um, oh, because okay. when she gets in there and she doesn't know how it works and she's all over the place for a bit and then she kind of gets into the swing of things. Um, yeah, which, so also, saying, which mirrors... That's, which yeah, is what Wilf did. Yeah. You're saying Ray is just a wannabe Wilf. Basically, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I don't feel like this is Luke and Han. Don't get cocky, kids. Do you don't feel like that's you? You went straight to Ray. Yeah, dude. Oh Sorry. wow! No, that's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, but that was a really sweet little odd. And then when they ended up in Mos Eisley, and I was like, oh, like they're going back here again. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. And then I saw Leia, and I was like, oh wow, okay, yeah. I don't know. Make it obvious. Maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like when it's one, like we said with the um the little Tardis in the. Uh, stained glass in yes. the first episode. If, yeah. if it was more subtle, then the people who get it kind of you, yeah, know, you go, do. You oh, pat yourself nice. on the back and you're like, ah, yeah, oh, exactly. spotted that. Oh, when they make it so goodness. obvious, then it's like, yeah. oh great, okay, we're doing Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there's nothing clever about it anymore. It's a kid show. You should just be grateful that Will said five seconds ago we were among the stars, and now it's like we're at war. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have trivia. Oh, um, let's hear it. It just came from IMDb, but anyway, so the actor Cribbins. Um, they said they took his like proper experience of war to like in when he's talking about the war they're like his memories as an actor oh my goodness which, i know but they but they changed it so like he talks about the there was an actual blizzard in cribbins's history and they turned it into like a blizzard of but um so it's a little bit more violent this time around okay but it's like i don't know it's nice to like draw upon your actors like well, yeah, i guess everyone finds inspiration somewhere and if yeah. you have your own I mean, in brackets traumatic yeah experiences then oh wow that just makes it even more powerful yeah isn't it yeah now well, even in the most extreme edge of sci-fi the more you ground it in reality yeah the better it is. Certainly, Wilfred yeah. Mott is by far the realest thing about this yeah. entire serial, I guess we can call it. Yeah, absolutely. This is a two-part serial, which refers back to other episodes or potential serials that I know that you last night did not know what they were. I still don't know what they are. I'm speaking of The War of Degradations and The Nightmare Childs. I was going to ask you about those because, yeah, I wondered whether they were references to Classic Who or... Whether they just well, made no. up a lot of stuff that sounds really no, they, they can't be classic Who because they happened at the in the, in the last days of the Time War, oh. I think. So, so they're just, just part of RTD's new mythology. Up. Yeah, yeah. I bet they're in the comics somewhere. Yeah. Found it with hurt, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Found it. The War of Degradations refers to the Scaro Degradations. Uh, the War Doctor wants. Oh, the War Doctor! You mean hurt? <laughs> like I said. <laughs> yes, well done. <laughs> Wait, hang on. I'm only, I'm only doing this because ten seconds ago you made me sound really stupid in front of Podcast Land. Like, <laughs> oh shit! Like, I was, I was I? watching this with Drew last night. and He didn't have a fucking clue <laughs> what was going <laughs> on. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to do that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this happens in a novel called Engines of War, and only appears on TV once. The end of time. They are mutated Daleks. Yeah, there we go. Mm. That's it. That's the War of Degradations and... The Nightmare Child. <sighs> All right. Looking it up. Uh, reading this off TARDIS Wikia. The Nightmare Child was born during the last Great Time War. Davros's command ship flew into the jaws of this being during the first year of the war at the gates of Elysium. TV's The Stolen Earth. So we've had that episode. We have had that episode. So this is a callback. It is. Wow. Do you remember this? Really? was The Nightmare Child. It must just have slipped by in the torrents of... Davros's mad dialogue yeah. or monologue. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. So we mystery solved. Good. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Phew. Sleep soundly tonight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm no longer entirely ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we have about five more minutes of material before we go into his farewell tour. Ugh. No. No. We got loads. We've all right. All right. Hey, <laughs> all right. Go we've for it. got to talk about Timothy Dalton. Sorry, James Bond. 007. 007. With his tiny little 
star from the end of his staff, his little white point star. Oh. He just flicks off. It's like, yeah, why he is he not lost into the hologram that already? Throw, yeah, he said he throws it into a hologram. Why isn't the Time Lord sitting on the other side of the hologram going, ow, my eye? <laughs> <laughs> Why, why isn't Timothy Dalton reaching his hand into the hologram and just this grabbing hmm. all of Britain? Yeah. <laughs> Good questions. Can we make this work? I've had a go, but can you guys try and figure out how this possibly makes sense? This sequence of he flicks in the star and then you see essentially the shooting star yeah. going through space from multiple different angles from the spaceship and then it, it's flying across the sky. It's coming from above. It's coming from the sky. <laughs> that thing that's often above. Which often holds stars. <laughs> the the uh, Okay, so above the table, right where the... Uh, just a theory. Right where we get to see the Earth hologram, we also previously get to see the time vortex, the, the untempered schism. Oh, so, or as Nick likes to call it, the existential void. Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the, could it be that they can summon, that that is actually the schism, that there's like a, a, a gateway and that he can summon it through Gallifreyan technology and he throws it into it. Could that be it? And that way it travels back through time, across space, Shazamatron, and then it lands coincidentally right there. I mean, his aim is amazing. <laughs> uh, it, it lands right there. Well, he is Welsh. He's a, he's a... <laughs> so he knows exactly where to chuck it. <laughs> what does that mean? No idea. Timothy Dalton is Welsh. What is it? He, so he knows exactly so he really how... accurately throw stars at the end. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. To land in Wales, where all the action happens. Right, fine. Do Welsh people make really good ninjas or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just really Walesocentric. I maybe, maybe the uh, the rift in Cardiff via the schism and the resonance and the echoes and the wibbles and the wobbles, you know, attracted the star to it. Very possible. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. Did I interrupt you before? I'm sorry. No, no, it's just because I was like, yeah, how does he... If he could throw something through the vortex, they're supposed to be in a bubble that's time-locked and nothing can get in or out, so how can they throw oh, yeah. it? Yeah, uh, because it's already but, happened in history because the, 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 there's the pathway and the link and he's inside and outside at the same time because of the drum beat. The like, drum beat somehow. No. He's throwing know. it through the drum beats and then, they, <laughs> uh, and then the drum... The, the, Star points back through the drum beats and they all walk in. I mean, yeah. womp womp. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's tr it's tricky. Mm. Did you fix it? Did you come up with a solution? Well, it wasn't a very good one. In fact, it, it. it was much worse than what you suggested. <laughs> I mean, essentially, I start off by saying these are time lords, as if that justifies any crap that follows. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I, said, used it. <laughs> I said what they have represented before them is simultaneously the real Earth in real time in a compressed version of real space and then i sort of brought in how the tardis later with big bang 2 sets off like a whole second universe so in a way this is just a much simpler smaller version of that that makes that makes perfect sense <laughs> that's so much better than throwing something into the schism and hoping that it lands <laughs> or, that's, or that it sticks you know no that's that's a really good idea mm. why not yeah, okay <laughs> at a certain point they transport all of Gallifrey, the planets, here. Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, this, space means nothing to them. This is the thing. We've only ever seen it through the Doctor, who is one man walking around with one TARDIS, not, trying not to interfere. Like, I, I'm doing so very well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, he's... he's um, 
and he, he is an egomaniac, but he also, you know, he respects the planets that he's on. You haven't really seen the full power of Gallifrey, and then, yeah, you have all of them. Um, yeah, maybe there's just more to Time Lords that we haven't really explored. I don't know. <laughs> so at some point, you have to accept they can bridge the gap between that representation and reality yeah. via the schism, via, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, yeah but it, wibbly wobbly. It, wibbly wobbly. But yeah. It didn't. I mean, it made for striking imagery, but it wasn't great TV. Hmm. To have to have also to have a star literally an inch and a half long just shooting across space. It, it's not the fiery tail that we are seeing. There is a definite object yeah. that the Doctor is seeing from hundreds of miles away. Yeah. And again, hmm. did you need it? They'd made that connection. They've put the drumbeat back in time we've we can pinpoint where they are because of this um psychic link almost yeah and then they throw in this oh it's a diamond yeah because you need a battery yeah they like, need it just something seems unnecessary they need something easily shootable mm. is what they need yeah and something that we i mean i don't know maybe in classic who but certainly not in new who it's something we've never heard of before that is instantly "Quote unquote recognizable as Gallifreyan." Yeah, it's just a diamond. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you call it a star? Yeah. Ugh. How much does it know about diamonds as well? I wouldn't recognize like. like yeah, exactly. It just looks at it, it's like, like. I mean, this is just cut glass. Like shiny rock. Uh, this, yeah. This, this is fake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it still pristine? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it's diamond. It's like the hardest thing. Is it doesn't really even dusty or anything? <laughs> well, then the master spent the whole night sanctifying it. So it just feels like yeah, this this probably could have been cut down a little bit again there's a lot of yeah. cutting could have been done in this episode i don't think as much as last time i think actually. more i think less. <laughs> I, I watched it again today because when we watched it last night after all the trials and tribulations it took us to get to this second episode <laughs> and it was so long and i stopped making notes even which is my raison d'etre <laughs> then then i had to watch it again today and actually i found i had a lot more time for it when i wasn't sitting next to you trying to <laughs> out mock it oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> There was downtime in this episode, but it was it was really. I'm thinking of Cribbins essentially again. It all comes back to Cribbins when he starts reminiscing, like you said, about his old wartime experiences, and when he's thinking about his his wife, and he might never get to visit her grave again. And he says, and he says, Doctor, as they turned her face, is is she now got the Master's face in her grave essentially? And he doesn't overplay it. No, she's a skeleton. And he no, but it could be like the Master's horrible skeleton, which we've seen plenty of in in this serial. But he doesn't over overdo it he he in not taking it to the extreme himself in under acting it not but in being understated mm. he lets the emotional resonance fully like flower within you of like bloody hell this is this is horrible and you, and you fully react to it without having to be told to react exactly that way and there's a whole great scene after that as the doc as the doctor refuses the gun and cribbins is thinking of everything he can and and, he, and at that point he really is pouring his heart out to the doctor please don't die sir he's trying everything and the doctor's like nah and then it's like, white point, it's dark, give me that gun. Yeah. Mm. It's good, right? Oh, which also precedes that terrible kamikaze scene. Oh, no, we, ha- we have to talk about the kamikaze scene in a, uh, later on as well. Sorry, this is going to seem like a dreadful non sequitur, but this just dawned on me. Do it. So all the people who were having sex when oh. they were turned to the master, what happened there? Um, well, first of all, their heads started shaking. So yeah. hopefully they didn't just nut each other to death. <laughs> <laughs> Like like one one whoever's got the weaker neck, their head just goes flying off across the room. <laughs> <laughs> and and then what happens? And then what happens? I mean, do, do they 
merge in some way? Uh, or or oh. does does one of them find himself inside the other's urethra? Like, what, what happens? Because as we said last episode, there are no masters with vaginas, only cross-dressing exactly. ones. Exactly. Holy shit! Exactly. We don't even have to take it in that direction. Like, what happens to... Uh, okay, what happens to all the babies in prams? Are, are they just like prams exploding left and right because grown-ups are just popping out of them? <laughs> oh, yes. Wearing diapers and shitting themselves. <laughs> yes, because they all have to be the same height. Yeah. Or, or that, that trick won't work. Exactly. Mm. Oh, dude, what a question. What about every master who is uh, just at that point, or every person who is at that point crouching down under a bridge, and then they turn into the master and they just, like, break? <laughs> <laughs> How many people do you think crouch under bridges? Like, lots of people. Okay. Like, there's someone, I don't know, <laughs> maybe not crouching under a bridge. <laughs> you know, I don't know, every person who is just short enough to be able to stand perfectly underneath a beam. Uh. You know? What about the really tall trapeze artists who are in midair, oh. and then suddenly their arms shorten uh, by three <laughs> inches, <laughs> and they go plummeting to their deaths? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was there was space for comedy here. Yeah. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Very dark comedy. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the clothes bill is going to be astronomical. Yeah. All those ripped Hulk effect trousers and jeans and shirts. Wow, goodness. Yeah. Sorry, non sequitur. It's a great non sequitur. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Someone bring up a note. Because chronologically, my next one is uh, that hoodie must smell really bad. <laughs> Because he was in, like, a dump for days. He hasn't changed. <laughs> <laughs> no. They all smell the same. Eating nothing but burgers and other Chicken. humans. <laughs> yeah, humans yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. We've got to fight off the entire world, and it's four missiles. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Why is the master so stingy with his missiles? Like, I'll give him four. <laughs> It's and if that doesn't 60, do the job, four more. Yeah. Yeah. 16 and another 16. Oh, big spender. No, 60, wasn't it? Six zero. I, I think he's going up in multiples of four. Oh. I, Just I mean, send every missile there is. Wow. Well. Nuke him. Yeah. Just do that. Although that, that scene does look really good, where they're flying over the ocean at enormous speed. Yeah. Yeah, that is a nice one. I mean, I, I, I actually saw my caught myself looking at that admiringly, thinking, the Doctor Who, this is pretty good. Yeah, I really <laughs> love that. <laughs> what about when he just carries on though and they're all like is this a suicide mission am i gonna die and then he jumps out of the window and lands yeah that's the kamikaze <laughs> like, scene i hate that yeah uh, yeah me oh too. that's so bad yeah with his gun in hand what does he survive like, that fall i know why does he jump out in the what? first place yeah. oh so, yeah like, the prophecy talks of the doctor dying uh, why because he was a fucking idiot who <laughs> threw himself out of a plane without a parachute yeah I'll tell you why because the master has proven throughout this episode that you can jump miles into the air and then Time Lords always land sunny side up. I mean, the Doctor misjudged it slightly. Yeah, but the Master but. at least has the Iron Man flying capacity. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Doc has nothing. No. That was foolish. And then he's there just too weak to do anything with his gun in his hand and everyone's just laughing at him. Because like, it's a metaphor for his penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The legendary Gallifreyan Poonhound, whom we have lauded for his Poonhoundery for yeah, how long have we been reviewing tenants? Now, suddenly emasculate. Yeah, he can't hold it straight. He can't get it up. He can't get it to fire. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you like that scene, by the way, where the master all of a sudden takes his side? I think the master's very clever in, in that he's trying to just play them off. He, he really is so self-interested in this scene. I, I think he does quite a good job of hopping between, mm. b- between yeah. uh, allies without... I mean, it is obvious when you think about it, but he just does it so quickly that it takes you a while to catch up and realise exactly what's going on. And yeah, I think it's good. I, I just didn't like the Doctor continually doing a 180 no, back and forth with that sound effect. Lo- yeah, click, click, click every that, single time. And that same face. I mean, he had that grim set face when he was flying in, and that was fine then. But it it began to get wearisome. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. The only good thing about the scene flying in was was Cribbin's bravery. <laughs> like like before, when when the master says, "Who's Donna? Tell me who Donna is." Like you do your worst, and then he's like. <laughs> <I'm-."> <laughs> And he's like, I'm, I'm ready to die, sir, oh, if, if I have to. Yeah, oh. I'll do it. I, 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 yeah, exactly. Oh, he is the greatest. He is. When the doctor's talking about the Gallifreyans and he's... Well, he, this is when he picks up the gun when he realises who it is. And Cribbins is like, but you always said, you know, you always talk really fondly of them. And he turns out and just says, that's bullshit. I've, like, been feeding you false memories or, like, I don't know. I don't really buy that. Oh, you don't get why the doctor was so positive about them before. No, just like there wasn't, like, there was no hint of, like, he, like, he missed them and it was a tragedy and they were all locked in the time war and there was no hint that actually they'd turn bad and they were quite a scary. Yeah, you're right. Like, would there not have been some underlying? Ah, uh, but the Doctor's actually quite secretive about his role in the time war, isn't he? And and he doesn't want to dwell on the, the enormity of what he's had to do against his better character, his, his mm. you know, his easier nature. I don't know. Well, when we get to the 50th, the anniversary, when he slash they, the doctors, have the idea of, well, let's just do this. Let's calculate it and let's pop them in this time bubble. It seems like they're doing that for completely different reasons. They're doing that to save everyone. Yeah. And either in that, I can't remember if it's in flashbacks in the 50th or if it's in flashbacks following the 50th, because now we've introduced this idea. There are so many times where he talks about the innocence of Gallifrey. He says there are so many just children that perished during the, the time war, yeah. like just completely innocent people. This one makes it seem like they're all like exclusively monsters. Mm. Mm. Sorry, I'm just paraphrasing your, your idea there. It, yeah, it's no, a good point. Right. Because... If if all those innocents were coming in, then he would he would have the gun trained on Rassilon and be saying, Rassilon, let them go, and all that sort of thing. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you could have, I mean, Rassilon could come in there with a bunch of human shields, basically. Mm. Mm. And yeah, it, it was such a big step for the Doctor. He's, we have never seen him with a gun before. He's so anti-weaponry. Yeah. And then just this one, like, Gallifrey's coming back and he's immediately like, hammer that weapon. Like, that's such a big turnaround. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it was well thought through. And also, if a random woman that you've never seen before appears in your your TV and says, give the doctor a gun. By the way, don't tell him I told, like, I sent you. Would you, like, wouldn't you give the doctor the benefit of the doubt and actually, like, talk yeah. to him and say, by the way, this thing happened? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going like, senile or anything, but yeah. there's this lady on the TV who talks to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you would. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. He jumps yeah. up quite quick. But she does say that if you tell the doctor, then you'll fuck it up for him. But how, but oh, why she do you does, trust, she? Why do you trust her? Like, the doctor's got so many enemies. Why do you trust that she he's got his best interest at heart. Yeah. I don't know, because Will's an excellent judge of character. <laughs> he's been around for long enough. Okay. He, he knows, you know, his friends and his foes in a war zone. Hmm. hmm. Uh, I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just contributing to the legend of Will. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I shouldn't ever speak wrong of Will. <laughs> I know we talked about how Time Lord technology is far more than we've been exposed to, but how does Rassilon lifting his multi-glove just make everyone revert from being the master? I can't remember what he does there. He just raises his glove yeah. and everyone starts head shaking. The master goes, no, 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 no! And that's it. And then we have to endure it again and they're all back to normal. And they can, you know, they can then complete to orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> because they haven't moved positions in 24 hours. No one has. <laughs> They're always stuck still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, good question. Also, did the Time Lords... I mean, they wanted to ascend or transcend mm. uh, their physical bodies. Did they also intend to do something with the humans? Did they intend to turn them into Gallifreyans? So into no, Lords? just destroy them all. Destroy them all. Because we were ripping apart creation. So why why restore them? Yeah, I don't know. So that he could say, on your knees, humanity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good nice. yeah, that's Or, or mankind. I don't know. Badass or not... <laughs> It seems like a superfluous step in his plan. I guess it's just to prove to the master that he's not in control. Yeah, that's fair. Like, also, also, it, I mean... You could accomplish that by killing all of the masters, though. Yeah. But the masters, while they have been inexplicably docile and obedient to this point, they, do, they, they surely must possess more potential than humans, more potential threats to Time Lords as the master race. Yeah. If they, you know, it, it, it's, it's so woolly and inconsistent in this episode but they could go rogue and if if there were six billion seven hundred million masters lined up against you all with his genius and operating in independent ways then you would be fucked yeah undoubtedly but didn't we also establish that if we kill the the real master then all of all of them are i mean they're undone in some way. Either they all die or they revert back to humanity. Mm, He's yes. got his Nintendo Power Glove. Why are you undoing his plan? Why not just, like, bring the master to his knees? Well, that's what you do by undoing his plan. It really ticks him off. I mean physically <laughs> bringing him to his knees. I mean, like, it just, it, actually, if you hurt him with your... If you laser the... Oh, not laser. If you lightning bolt the master. Problem solved, man. Mm, yeah. Oh. oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm clutching. I'm sorry. Uh, they they should have maybe made it clearer in the prophecy you know they can write anything they like in the prophecy like don't intervene in the final confrontation between the two children of Gallifrey blah 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 blah. you have to do it in this way and does anyone remember what happens after this by the way I mean does Um, the doctor just kill Rassilon and then everything else is no doc shoots the diamond the the white point star oh yeah he does yeah yeah because which sends back Gallifrey like the machine that brought Gallifrey yeah the link yeah Yeah, exactly because because the the woman she takes her hands down from her face and she gives it a glance uh, and she goes, hi, I am clearly your mum. Yeah. That is 100% the doc's mum. Like, uh, and, and then the, okay, so the doctor sends back Gallifrey, the master kills Rassilon. What happens to the rest of them? Are they all the same, like, n- the no change? The human. Yeah. Back to the time war and then, oh, time lock, done. Yeah. And then we go on from Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Every, yeah. Everyone's gone except, or from that whole scene, except the doctor and Wolf. Yeah. Huh. Where does the master go? He follows them into the, back into the time he war. Goes back into the time war. Yeah. I did also like the fact that he gave them one, two, three, four bolts of lightning. <laughs> <laughs> I, nice. I liked how that tied yeah. in. Very nice. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah, we're left with 
Will from the Doctor. Aww. Oh, this this oh. is a good scene, isn't the it? The scene, oh, the, where Will knocks four times mm. right after they've left. Yeah. Oh. Fucking Will, why would you knock four yeah, times? Yeah, knock, knock, knock thrice. Knock three times. Yeah, or like, it, like quickly realise what you're doing and knock a fifth time exactly. just to make it clear. Have you not heard it? But he doesn't just do it once. He knocks four times, four times. <laughs> does he? <laughs> he does. Oh, I counted wow. them. It's ridiculous. And that's why there are four missiles and 16 yeah. missiles. It's just They're like, where can we four. have four of something? Thing. There yeah. you go. Well, I'm surprised like... they wanted golfers <laughs> <laughs> all throughout this episode. It's not like he's in a soundproof box as well. Though after his last knock of four, he, he could just go. He's hey, like, "Hey, uh, Doctor, I'm here." It's like, why don't you just do that first and why not was... knock in the first place? Why weren't there action scenes with with four by fours chasing each other across the landscape <laughs> with unit and the Chinese military? There's oh. a trick there. <laughs> But that that those knocks are amazing because they come off screen. Yeah, and you see the doctor, and you see his realization. And you realize at the same time how RTD has pulled the wool over your eyes yeah. with a champion misdirection. Mm. Yeah, and, and you follow the doctor, and this is directed by Yoros Lin. This episode, so well done, Yoros Lin. Oh. Yoros, yeah. Yoros of Yoros fame. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well done for having that name. Yeah, <laughs> sister of Sherlock. Oh. Yeah, Kaching. Yeah, and so he stands up, and then Will materializes, and it focuses on him in the background, and he's so full on. It's just like. Good oh. <laughs> oh, I love that. Those oh, were Will. great moments. Oh, Will. But that's a heartbreaking scene. But then he does. <laughs> then, then, then. He tells us that he's insignificant. Uh, he's he's a real asshole. He is an asshole. Yeah. He is. I I buy that though because he's that big of an ego. He he loves mm. Wolf. There's no question he's not going to save him. Mm. But at the same time, he's angry at that. He's angry at himself. Oh, like, this he's is how I'm going to die. I'm yeah. going to sacrifice myself like, for I'm you. Better than this. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't have to be such an asshole about it, though. No. He doesn't have to go, I'm important, I can achieve things, and you're just a human. Yeah. Yeah. But the great thing about him is that that is an ironclad principle for him. Even if, as a Time Lord, he could be as high and mighty as Rassilon, he would think still. That all of reality is, can just be erased at our whim. He will not give up on anyone. I yeah, don't true. know. I did wonder whether, if Wilf hadn't have gone in, would he have sacrificed himself for just a random, like one of the workers that was there? Oh, if, if Wilf had left the scientist in there, yeah, yeah. To begin with. If the scientist had knocked four times, would he have done it? Well, that would have gone hand-in-hand hand with one of those discarded plots, according yeah. to IMDb. Oh, really? Yeah, where he, he was meant to just appear on some... It was meant to take place on some spaceship mm. with this alien family aboard the ship, and they were dying, and the Doctor was going to sacrifice himself just for, like, the alien family of the week. Yeah. So I guess the equivalent of the green pair... Yeah. yeah, because we have we have seen the doctor. The doctor doesn't like he won't kill anyone. He won't pull the trigger, but he has let people die, and he even acknowledge that in this episode. Yeah. yeah, he does. He has let people die, or he has let people kill themselves for him. Yeah. So it, I kind of thought like he done it for Wilf because he has this connection with him, and he and he's like emotionally attached to him. But I don't know if he would have done it for just yeah. Let's say it's the the else. lanky green fella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Oh yeah. No. yeah. I think no. he would have. It for him. No, no, I do. I think anyone that he's like interacted with and formed a bond with, I think he feels a responsibility for, maybe. But I just think if it was a random scientist in the box, he would have just gone... I mean, it's, it's Sorry, pretty, mate, not your lucky day. It's also pretty telling, I mean, they really ham-fisted, but, I mean, Wilf is basically tricked in there by a scientist who just wants to save himself. Yeah. And who bolts immediately. Yeah. Immediately, he just peels out of there. Yeah. And then the doctor goes and does the polar opposite. It's all like, just let, really, let's just hammer in the fact that, yeah, 
he's a good guy and everyone else is morally inferior. Apart from wealth. Apart from wealth, yeah. Who wants to sacrifice himself? He does. Yeah. Desperately, no one will let him. <laughs> he's so prepared to die. <laughs> All throughout this episode. <laughs> oh please, please. <laughs> By the way, why don't they kamikaze in the space bug? A star bug. Um, because they would all die. Yeah, and take the master with them, and the stargate, and every master would turn back into a human. And sure, yeah, Wilf would die, and I guess the the people who are in that room who have now turned into the master, they would probably perish as well. Yeah. But small price? Mm. Can't save a planet without cracking a few masters? I thought that was really interesting <laughs> when Wilf was like, don't put the master's life before the lives of every other human on the planet because yeah. like he, he's gone back for 900 years with the master they grew up together he's got this relationship with him um he desperately wants to save him he wants to be a good guy he wants him to like you know to travel with him and have a buddy yeah and yeah to, he's like the one person that is would find it really hard to sacrifice but then you put the whole human race on the other end of the scale like i feel like that's a really difficult like call for him yeah definitely i don't know yeah, and I like shows on screen, be, but yeah, well, yeah. And I like that RTD drew attention to that and wrote that in. I thought that was a good piece of writing. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, this is way better than part one. <laughs> yeah, way half, half, although, half of this, although, half of it, or two thirds of this. <laughs> all, although that scene that we've just been saying is so great, where the doctor says the nuclear bolt's gone into overload. Oh, that's bad, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, overload is always good, Will. <laughs> It's <laughs> exactly what we want. <laughs> it's a question. Why doesn't the doc just sonic the door? Because he says. He says. Yeah, he does. He says, I, I can't even touch it. I can't even sonic the glass without flooding Wilf with radiation. Oh. Mm. Yeah. They, he did foresee your objection there. Mm. <laughs> he did. Well played, RTD. Yeah. Well played. But yeah, I, li- I liked when he's um, when he is being flooded with radiation, and he just looks. He is in agony, and he's curled up in like the fetal position, and it, it just looks so sort of primal. You mean in the Spock scene from uh, yeah. Wrath of Khan? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or the Kirk scene from Star Trek Into Darkness? Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like you're genuinely really worried for him, and we know this is his like final episode and that's going to be the like start of the regeneration and then he just like swans out all fine it's yeah like oh i mean okay. that is the Even first of 25 goodbyes that yeah. we get here yeah <laughs> so we're into the farewell tour now yeah. shall we shall we just do that let's do that let's jump into the <laughs> how long was it oh, we timed we this did. last time uh, yeah. do you remember what it was we were that anal i think it was <laughs> 15 full minutes oh my god <laughs> of just farewells and not even good ones no did you like any of them <sighs> well should we take them in order yeah okay, let's do that let's, let's do, do that first of all he martha has gone full-on badass there's no doctor in spay or yeah. fake unit doctor anymore. no no she's this... just working for the a-team now yeah exactly <laughs> this is sexy soldier martha and her husband mickey ricky and you had a problem with this well no i didn't have a problem with it i was just like going well no i'm not he... saying i'm not saying you had a problem with <laughs> it sounds like you're saying you had a problem with this dude <laughs> <laughs> Don't you want her to be happy? <laughs> okay, let me explain. <laughs> what I said was 
<laughs> Isn't it massively coincidental that they picked the only two companions of color and paired them together? Like, it, it, it seemed a little like, wait, hang on, have we had any other male companions? Oh shit, we haven't had Jack, any other. We've had Jack. Yeah, but Jack needs to. Jack's not going to get married and settle down. Is no, he? absolutely not. And now we've got Nardole. Yeah, but, but at the time we didn't. At the time, yeah. No, I mean Slim Pickens, really, for yeah. Martha. Oh, I suppose. Okay, it's just an unfortunate coincidence then. Yeah. But once you look into it, actually it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Glad we could clear that up for you, Podcast Land, you racist. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so he, in, in some way he helps everyone, right? So in her, in their case, he he's brought a mallet and, <laughs> <laughs> and he arrives just in time to hit a Sontaran on the back of the head on the on that valve hmm. to knock him out. Yeah. And then just go <laughs> See you later. <laughs> <laughs> He's just there's just moody silence, and they're supposed to intuit from that everything. Yeah, yeah. no, that's it, it, dreadful. Yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, no, I, I, this upsets me. Mm. <laughs> Either have them see him, but without the whole mallet shenanigans, or do the mallet. Don't let them know that he saved them, but it's his chance to just see them one last time. And yeah, he saved them in admittedly a slapsticky way, but that recognition is just like, oh, it's wonderful. He brought a mallet. <laughs> <laughs> Ruins it. Next up, who's next? Well, well, no, what it is, is that upsets me about his his method of doing this is he's not going back for one final heartfelt conversation with these people. Yeah. He's going back to look cool in the middle distance one last time. <laughs> one last time. Because in some weird groundhog day and way, he knows all the moments in all of these people's lives when they are about to have an accident. Yeah. I mean, the next one is the worst one, I think. I think the next one is the kid, right? Yeah. yeah. Luke. Sarah Jane's son, yeah. 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 Oh. Well, and so there's one point in his life where he gets run over by a car and then the doctor shows up and saves him. Well, maybe that's the first point. Because, you know, if he's not going to get to the second point if the doctor doesn't save him this time. But Doc's not allowed... Yeah, yeah true. Doc's not allowed to interfere. <laughs> if if he knows he's going to die, then he can't interfere because that was the whole thing with Rose's dad. You can't save someone. Oh, yeah. Like, the, where Wait, are the bat a, creatures? This this is exactly what happened with Rose's dad. Yeah, it is. Like, that was a car crash as well, wasn't it? it was yeah. The same. yeah. Why aren't there Reapers yeah. all over the place? Yeah. That's what they were called, right, I think? Reapers. Something like that. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Wow. So, so yeah. Th Good point. Uh, yeah. Just a couple of episodes ago, he was like, I'm going to mess with the fixed points of time. And that fell through really quickly. Yeah, and he like, immediately oh, went like, oh, never again. again. I shall never let this happen. Mm. No. Except. <laughs> except for 15 minutes at the end of my run. <laughs> And we do get to see Sarah Jane in that scene as well. Briefly. What an anticlimax that was. I mean, she has... And I'm assuming she doesn't... Sh does she show up again on in New Who? I don't think she does. I don't believe so. Mm. So Sarah Jane Adventures episodes. Yeah, exactly. Said, and that's it. So her last chance to do anything on screen... I mean, it doesn't even really qualify as a cameo. It's no. so, so poor. Yeah. She just has a... I'm sorry to say this. Kind of a poorly acted surprise. And then really sad to see not her doctor look even sadder. Fuck that scene. At least he gives her half a wave. You know, a really half-assed <laughs> a, a, a three finger. A two fingers and a, maybe a bit of a thumb kind of wave. <laughs> <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Who's next? Mose Eisley Cantina next. Oh, oh, no. 
<laughs> you can't save Jack because Jack can't be killed. So the next best thing is getting laid. Yeah, with Alonzo. With Alonzo. So this is how the dog pays homage <laughs> to a lifetime of traveling with Captain Jack. Mm. Like the, the writing on the napkin, the secret to getting a BJ from the dude next to you. <laughs> So dreadful. Mm. It, it, I, he, it, there could have been an allusion to the face of Bo. Yeah, there could have no. been something like that. Nothing. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been better? Yeah, it would. And bloody Alonzo, the guy who can't act <laughs> at all. Mm. Although, to be fair, he's in it so briefly, you can't quite tell that fact. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, no, no, he that's doesn't true. He doesn't dis- yeah, he doesn't yeah. disgrace himself. No, 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 absolutely not. But why would you bring that character back? Yeah. Surely there's some... Where does other... he say goodbye to his daughter? <gasps> the doctor's daughter in her rocket. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, he's such a bad dad. And she's probably on set by this time. <laughs> I mean, the, if they're not married now, it's quite soon in real life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring her back. Who's next? Um, Is it the granddaughter of what's her face? Daisy from Space. Mm. Yeah. Daisy yes. from Space. I actually quite like this one. Yeah, I think this is my favourite <laughs> Yeah, too. this is quite a sweet... It is very sweet. But and he actually talks. Yeah. yeah. Which is a plus. Yeah. Yeah, he does. But as I pointed out yesterday, while we were watching this, she's there a whole day signing books. There are going to be like uh, at least a handful of creepoids who come around and ask her to sign as the male character of her book. Mm. Uh, and who are just weird and she doesn't know what the guy looked like. And, yeah. and why isn't she just assuming that he's a, the, a really creepy stalker? Yeah. Also... Sorry, what, I'm just re- seeing the worst in, in people. Sorry. Well, my thought was, he has a time machine. He can go in all of time and space. Why did he not visit her yeah. on her deathbed and say, did you have a good life, rather than visit her granddaughter? Oh. Like, skip to generation. Don't visit the daughter. No, this is the Peter Pan thing. Like, yeah. This is the Peter Pan thing. Like, he can go to the deathbed, but yeah. then he, he highlanders it and sees, like, this... It, it, what, in his view, is probably like, oh, it's like a manky old person. So, <laughs> <laughs> So instead, he goes to the granddaughter, who looks exactly like yeah. the grandmother, very Peter Pan, mm. and probably in his mind goes, yep, I know exactly what you look like without your clothes. <laughs> and, <laughs> wow. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, at the time, I watched it and I loved it. And then, yeah, when you think about it afterwards, it's kind of tainted a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Next is his final stop. Oh, Rose. Rose. Sorry. Uh, no? Penultimate, penultimate stop. stop. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about Rose. <laughs> Donna's wedding. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved seeing her just completely yes. ruin Neris. <laughs> Yes. But like you said earlier, it's nice to bookend it with a... She started the Runaway Bride and then she finished it with a wedding. I completely disagree because, like, everything that she went through with the Doctor, she kind of got away from just the being like, oh, I just want to get married. And that wasn't important to her anymore. And it's basically... She's only happy with this life now because she doesn't have any memory of the other life. And... Well, this is the life that she would have had had she never met him. Yeah. But, like, her... And Lovely Wolf's there going, make her better again. She was better with you, like... Oh, this yeah. Is, you know, this oh. isn't... This isn't who this she isn't is. This isn't the best version of her. Yeah. This is her, like, with this, like, fence up and not letting anyone in. And, and Yeah. Her. That's true. But at the same time, I'm going to try and spin it. Because, <laughs> okay. Because this wedding, she's being married for love. The first time around, she was being manipulated as part of an affair. Well, she thought it was plan. love. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then this time, let's assume it is. <laughs> let's assume she's not been divorced twice by now. Yeah. And... <laughs> 
and also the mum it's never explained why the mum became such a horrible mm. woman yeah and in in this one maybe there's a glimmer of hope for the mum in that the doctor goes back and it's never quite explained what happened with the with jeffrey noble yeah um, yeah you're right in reality what happened was the actor unfortunately died just before the, the series so perhaps in some small way the mother can get some closure and stop being so horrible and donna can revert into having a perfectly ordinary life which after you've been a companion that's one of your choices the other choice is you're always just pining for the doctor forever do you think that winning the lottery is gonna make donna Odd, uh, into a like better or more fulfilled person though like so, a triple rollover <laughs> so in part one when she is first introduced wilf says he's on minimum wage mm. and she's not uh, raking in the money mm. so they can Tommy used to work on the docks yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so they can only afford a small flat but I guess they make do and, and you know they're happy in their own in brackets poor mm. way and then here it ends with well how do I grant you happiness in life mm. oh you're gonna win the lottery mm. i.e. money matters mm. money is what brings happiness yeah and that's, it's just a, li it's a little tacky. Yeah. The only nice thing is that he bought the lottery ticket for a quid, which he got from the dad, which means that the dad who was absent from her life, mm. or, well, I don't know at what age, but yeah, yeah. Uh, he has, in some indirect way, he has contributed to that happiness. Mm. But the fact that the happiness is monetary in nature is kind of, yeah. yeah, it's not great. It's not great. But we do get to see Tennant very symbolically, you know, the other side of a graveyard, almost descending into the graveyard. Grave at yeah. one in one point in one shot. Oh, real? oh, okay, I see. Yeah, because yeah. of the you know the angle at which they shot it. So yeah, no subtlety there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but at the same time, you know, it, it's a cool thing in, in a way. Yeah. They set up a nice shot. Rose, let's go on to Rose. 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 Yeah, she must assume that uh, there's just a drunk chap who you know he doesn't know what year it is. Yeah. You're right, mate. Yeah, right. like, you're not a serial killer at all. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you talking to me? <laughs> no one else is around. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. You didn't like that one. I liked it. Ah. I just didn't know about going back to like like ogle her when she doesn't know who he is they can't talk to her you can't have a rapport with her it's just going back to like spy on her like i don't know before she's met him that yeah. was the thing if yeah that's a little creepy like if he'd have gone back i guess after she's met him it's then interfering with his timeline so it becomes difficult but i don't know yeah that's true i mean that must be the only reason why yeah i, I didn't impute such a sinister motive as ogling to well, him <laughs> so is not, he materializing outside her window <laughs> yeah <laughs> staring through her curtains. But that's the thing. Because yeah, like, we know the TARDIS can hover. <laughs> he, get, he gets something out of it. He sees her and he gets like closure or whatever. But yeah. she doesn't. She just gets this, yeah, drunk like creep on the corner. But later on, she is going to meet Tenant Doctor. Yeah. Is she then going to recognize Tenant Doctor? No, because he was in the shadows being creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I buy that. He doesn't like, come up to her and like introduce himself. He's just half hidden and although he doesn't try and disguise his voice at all. No, no not at all <laughs> yeah he is wearing his signature outfit as well yeah hmm 
Hmm. Yeah, he he should have he should have stumbled into frame in like a, a old Father Christmas <laughs> costume. <laughs> God, I'm used for this. Yeah, exactly. Affected an accent, and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put on a Scottish accent. Why not? Why not have him just be Scottish? Yeah, for those last few moments. That'd have been yeah. a nice touch, actually. <laughs> I say put on a Scottish accent. I mean, you know, just speak in his speak natural normal. accent. Yeah. yeah, and then of course he starts to regenerate. At which point we said, uh, Tennant, just shove your hands into the snow and you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what happens when he shoves his hand into the snow? Like Capaldi. Uh, no, I'm not going to regenerate yeah. problems. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he so far away from his TARDIS? If you know you're like on your last legs, you, you just part the TARDIS a bit closer. And because then he, can't ha- he can't risk Rose seeing it. Although... They walk what? straight past it. Yeah, yeah where is the do. TARDIS part? It is just in the middle of the wide pedestrian street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's in a thoroughfare. Yeah. Oh, Oud uh, Sigma, mm. or Sigma Oud, yeah. whatever his name is. He shows up. And they sing to him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does anyone... Nice. Yeah, it is nice, but does anyone really think that's a hit single? Like, <laughs> is that how you want to go out? <laughs> yeah, I want to listen to the Oud song. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I tell you what, I really don't miss the endless choirs of RTDs oh, in general. So right. Yeah, you're right. Because I don't think we're going to get hardly any of this in Moffat, so I may be wrong. There may be some sort of gradation, some residual. Mm. But well, he's hoping not. Yeah. You're, you're right. There's been an abundance of them. Mm. Mm. Okay, yada, 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 Ood. Regeneration. Mm. Oh, no, no, no. The Ood is, is there for the stupid five-year-olds, if you remember. This this song is ending, but the story goes on. Like the never-ending yes. story. Yes. He, he, don't worry, he won't actually die, children. <laughs> <laughs> oh. mm. yeah. But yes, regeneration. 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 Finally. Mm. It could have been good, couldn't it? I mean, there's part of it that I kind of like. I, mean, I, 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 I feel it's very touching when he says, I don't want to go. I, I, I'm genuinely affected by that. That was, okay, that bit's fine. And I get that. And he stands for RTD and he stands for all his fans as well. Mm. We don't want him to go. But it's it's like it happens in slow motion. Is any other regeneration this drawn out? No. Yeah. And the the whole TARDIS goes up in flames and things are crashing apart. Yeah, and really, like, he breaks why? it. Why? That's never happened before. I know. Maybe, I mean, does every, every Doctor sort of has his own TARDIS. I say sort of because everyone doesn't exactly, but mm. more or less everyone has their own TARDIS interior. But I don't think you have to destroy it when you regenerate. But maybe this is like, it's RTD going, fuck you guys, this is mine. <laughs> no one can have this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you gotta build your own prop now, mm. tearing this one apart. Yeah. One thing I said yesterday was, why does the Doctor not have a regeneration room? Yeah. yeah. TARDIS, just off yeah. the bridge. <laughs> really, really good points. <laughs> or just like one of those cones of silence so that when he feels the regeneration coming just this like plexiglass cone comes down over him and yeah. everything else is safe yeah yeah i remembered a very different regeneration oh really uh, and i think i'm remembering the beginning of the next one mm. i remembered him hanging outside of the tardis and whilst hanging on to it regenerating yeah i think that's the ne- yeah that's the next one because oh, he like crash lands doesn't he and, and he's hauling onto it yeah, yeah he- above london or whatever and yeah. then um Oh, maybe probably not London, actually. But yeah. Are you so talking about then. Capaldi? No, no. I'm, I'm thinking of Matt Smith. Oh, so the second half of this regeneration. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically. Oh, okay, yeah. Wow. yeah. But I really liked, because um, 
when he's got his um everything's flaming and he's like crashed through a roof and so all his suit is ripped and all i kept thinking is oh raggedy man like oh yeah and i hadn't really put the two together before but that's because that's how she first sees him is he is like yeah he's in just in pieces yeah exactly his clothes and so he is a raggedy man yeah I like that. oh well yeah. done <laughs> yeah how do you feel about seeing matt smith for the first time again he's, a, he's such a baby <laughs> he's so <laughs> that's young what you said. Yeah. so young yeah i think it's good i liked it and we yeah. get Geronimo straight out straight yeah away. right away yeah. <laughs> no more Alonzi yeah let's just get that done <laughs> let's clarify I'm not gonna miss Alonzi <laughs> yeah, nor I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now he's in that. Oh, sorry. Go for it. Sorry. Well, no. So I say I um I went back and watched because I had misremembered it also, and I sort of thought when he kind of does the Jesus pose and all the shooting light comes out of him, I thought that it like kind of cut and ended there, and then the next episode you get Matt Smith. Oh, I see. I'd forgotten that they give you a little sneak peek, and so I went back and watched Eccleston's regeneration as well, and it's almost identical. Like, oh, really? It's really, really similar. Like, the TARDIS doesn't go up in flames, but yeah, you get Tennant, the the way that their faces morph into one is very, very similar, and then Tennant starts talking, and the first thing he does is, like, new teeth, and that's weird, and it's exactly what Matt Smith does. It's like, oh, legs, oh, like, I've got yeah. hair. Like, yeah, Capaldi does the same it's as well. Like, yeah, it's yeah. Very, like, very nicely done, I think, just to, like, the little callback. Um, yeah, that, so far in Classic, we haven't really had that. Mm. I mean, we've only had, we've only gone over, gone through two regenerations on Who Bag When. Yeah. Yeah, not really. I, I, I'm struggling to remember how he turns into Trouton, actually, at this mm. point. Is that even on film? I thought that yeah. was famously lost. I don't really remember what his first reaction is. Mm. Pertwee certainly doesn't do it. Pertwee's, uh, when he turns into Pertwee, it's very much like the uh, Christmas invasion, whereby Pertwee goes straight to hospital, basically, yeah. and, and is unconscious for a bit, and then he turns into just himself. He's showering and singing in the shower and just stealing clothes and stuff. Yeah. But there's never a moment of, oh, fuck, new kidneys, cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, I think, what, is that what Capaldi says? Maybe that's what he says, I can't remember. I can't remember. Yeah, I, anyway. I mean, it must be. He's the only one left. Yeah. For a brief moment, we are only one doctor behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's really not that Oh, well, <laughs> okay. Do you reckon we can get through all of Matt Smith by Christmas time? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Were there any other similarities, by the way, between Eccleston and, and um, Smith? Well, Eccleston to Tennant and Tennant to Smith. Mm, I think I think just the whole scene, the how it shot was very similar. Like they they kind of shot from above, and the light that comes out is almost identical. Eccleston's looked a lot grainier because I think it was like. <laughs> <laughs> Pre-HD. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were shot in a very similar way. The only difference, obviously, is Rose was there. Like, she witnessed it. Oh, yeah. Um, and so he's immediately talking to her rather than Matt Smith is talking to himself. The way that Smith goes Geronimo right away, does Tennant say something like uh, along zero? No, he didn't actually. And that Tennant's scene was a lot shorter. Um, so it was just like, he's in his new body and then end. Whereas Matt Smith got like a little bit of a I don't know how long that was but a good few minutes of just like wandering around the TARDIS and yeah like which I really liked actually because he was it's just really distracted and he's like oh legs oh arms blah, blah, blah. well what else have I forgotten and then it's like oh shit yeah I'm crashing you did dive straight into being the doctor and yeah. like how do I make this work and like I don't know you don't get any respite it's quite nice do you know what maybe that's the last act of Tennant's gigantic lonely god ego which is that I got, I got the TARDIS standing safe and sound in the thoroughfare I'm gonna yeah. send it up into space <laughs> and yeah. if this new doctor doesn't cut the mustard I'll just fucking 
fucking die right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I bet you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why do you why do you start flying the TARDIS in the mid regeneration? Like that's so ridiculous. Yeah, where is he going? I have no idea. <laughs> oh, there is one thing I want to pick up on, and I teased it last episode, which is okay. about the woman, oh, the, yeah. the Doctor's mum. Oh right, say. okay. Um, because I looked this up on TARDIS Wikia to get to the bottom of the mystery. And TARDIS Wikia says, RTD created her as the Doctor's mother. Um, ah. And this was in the script to a degree. And Claire Bloom, who was the actress, was told she was playing the Doctor's mother. But then later on, RTD decided to make it vaguer. So when Wilf asked the question, the Doctor looks beyond him to Donna. So it could potentially have been his wife at some point. Mothers and friends, like all the, all the women in the background, like RTD's deliberately keeping it unsaid so interesting basically yes if you want you can be like yes that was the doctor's mum but, but you might as well just go like, actually that's the doctor's daughter having grown up it could be literally yeah. anyone yeah. yeah it could be other time ladies rtd said in another interview it could be ramona or susan or someone in between <laughs> the time lady ramona <laughs> <laughs> that's what rtd said <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying what I read. Oh, by the way, I was the doctor called the doctor when he was a child? And if so, was the master called the master when he was a child? And why did no one raise an eyebrow? Yeah, why did well, no one go like? Uh, I mean, back in the day, the nanny would be like, "Oh, oh, you, oh, the little master wants his his rice krispies." I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But no, because that, that co- like comes up later that the doctor's real. He tells River yeah, his, real his real name. name. Yeah, so you right. you name yourself, I guess. I don't know at what age you name yourself. Yeah, and but, it comes up in. In world enough and time. Oh yes, he used to call himself the Doctor. Yeah, that business. Mm-hmm. Could the lady have been Susan if he looks at <gasps> Wilf and then looks at Donna? It could totes my loads be Susan. Ooh. Oh wow, oh, Marie. <laughs> oh, you <beauty>. wow. <laughs> uh, I just felt a tingle. That was good. Just it, that's better. That's so much better. <laughs> So who is Ramona? Who's Ramona? <laughs> oh, Ramona. Oh, there's a companion called... Ra- oh, okay, but she's not a... Romana, not Ramona. Oh, Romana. Ro- Romana. There's Sorry. Romana 1 and Romana 2. Right, gotcha. Um, I don't know why. Is she a Time Lord? I don't know. I haven't got that far well, yet. if there are two of her? Sounds likely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we love or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 Ratings. Well, I guess it. I introduce, so I'll go first. <sighs> I think maybe RTD should have chosen some restraints. Overall, <laughs> been less sentimental. This is a mad two-part mess, but it is held together on the atlas shoulders of one mighty actor. And it's not David Tennant, but Bernard freaking Cribbins. <laughs> he would have made a fantastic regular companion. He's a great audience stand-in. He brought us up to speed as he figures things out aloud. His interactions with the Doctor are always genuine and never forced. And everyone and everything else in this episode feels so forced. Wilf is consistent throughout. He's never over-informed. You believe he's truly a part of this universe, while everyone else around him is quite obviously struggling to make a coherent TV show. That's what I think. Tennant listens to him. He's a wonderful conscience for the Doctor. The rest of this, the gun pointing, the time waiting, the greatest hits, it's all Sturm und Drang und Donder und Blitzen, and it's a very little good end. I'm sad to see Tennant go, but not sad enough to want all of that corny coda and choral cacophony. Donna should be dead. And I love Donna, but she should be dead. Some dialogue is great, some's disastrous, but there's much less master crap than last time. 
Dalton is everything you want in a mad Time Lord tyrant. 2.8. How how do we follow that? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, sir. Bravo. Yeah, well done. Thanks. <laughs> this feels less unstructured. It feels less hurried in terms of like the, the writing that went into it beforehand feels less hurried. Well, part one was just, oh, we have two ideas, let's stretch them out for an hour. Here they have, they're really cramming so much into this. I'm almost happy with the episode, with the exception of the farewell tour, which is too long. He could have just seen Rose, maybe? Just have that? And that could have, that would have been fine. Ultimately, I'm really happy that he's gone. <laughs> really? <laughs> I've, I've, been, I've been waiting for this regeneration for far too long now. And also, from our point of view of reviewing these, we, we do one new who roughly every two weeks. We've been on holiday for two weeks just now. There, it's been like six months of waiting for this regeneration. And now it's finally come. I, I feel relieved. This is how you're going to feel at Christmas when Capaldi goes. Because they announced before Series 10 even started that he was going. That this is his last one. Yeah, yeah, I remember you told me halfway through, ugh, can we just get to the end already? Yeah, but that being said, I I don't... I I mean, I... I don't really, I, I don't feel at this moment as ready for Capaldi to go as I have felt for the past six months, ready for Tennant to go. Okay. But he, there are some incredibly tasteful scenes in this, and they are largely, I'm sorry, this is a really long mini, they are largely the Cribbins scenes. Cribbins in space, Cribbins in tears, Cribbins in a cafe with Tennant, that's part one, but I don't care. <laughs> Cribbins in general mm. is wonderful, and... Tennant shows a range of emotions and, and demonstrates his acting talent as well. Unfortunately, the writing is not there behind him to back him up. Uh, so I'm going higher than the 2.0 of part one, but I'm going lower than your 2.8. I'm going to say it's... It, yeah. No, screw it. I'm giving it a 2.8 as well. <laughs> and 2.7 of those 2.8 are all cribbins. Yes, good choice. <sighs> okay. Oh, I don't know where to start. I think... Uh... If there's any consolation, it took me half an hour to come up with 2.8. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just kept bouncing all over the spectrum when I thought about the great and the just plain awful. Were you ever giving it 4.2? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not that high. <laughs> I think I think I um I went too high with the, my last episode's rating. <laughs> um, but I just because I just finished it today and I was so buzzing and I was just like it was such a big episode and I know that we've said um like pulled it apart and said bad things about it but as a viewer I just really enjoyed watching it and that's what I wanted to get across is just the joy of Doctor Who. That's um, completely so that's fair. Exactly how it should be. From. Yeah. So, but I think this one, I think as always with Doctor Who, they set up something and they don't know how to finish it and you, they just throw in a load of <laughs> bunch of like wibbly wobbly timey wimey and um, there were more things in this one that I felt were kind of hand waved um, and the yeah the farewell tour i could have done completely without i would have like i would have liked it to have seen his regeneration in the like out of the radiation booth and that be the end 
um, and have a farewell scene with Cribbins. Imagine a really heartfelt farewell scene with Cribbins, and that'd be the end. Oh, um, that sounds amazing, doesn't it? And so, yeah, for that for that end scene, like that dragged it down so much. I was, yeah, but then we get Matt Smith, and again, it's only a tiny scene, but that just little sparkle of hope, and I know what's to come, and I'm so excited. And I'm exactly the same as you. Um, I was done with David Tennant. It took so long to get rid of him. <laughs> like it genuinely did. It genuinely did. Um, and I lo- and I loved him in the beginning, but it just felt like it, his time had come. So yeah, the the little spark of Matt Smith at the end brings it back up again. So I'm gonna settle somewhere around a three point five. I think. Nice. It's yeah. a pretty high set of scores. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not well saying done. that in a bad way because you know there is a lot. To, there's a lot of entertainment in yeah. the two episodes. Yeah. yeah, they're really fun to watch. I think. Bravo, RTD. Yeah. Okay, so the two reviews we've received are both quite long. We're going to split them up in different ways. The first one is from Tracy from America. Okay, hello, hello, Tracy. Hi, Tracy. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here. What Tracy has done <laughs> is she's given us essentially 500 words we're going to read out the first half in this episode and the second half which is what she says is her rating in this episode we're going to read out for the tenant retrospective because it deals with him and his exit much more broadly and perhaps his whole tenure as the doctor yeah and and if you can't hold on until then uh, feel free to go to whobackwhen.com and you can read this whole thing in its full splendor right so tracy starts off Wow, what an episode. I don't remember it being this good the first time. Perhaps it's a function of my increased knowledge of Doctor Who and further exposure to older and newer Time Lords? I don't think it's a stretch to say this episode showcases the Master and John Sim more than it does the Doctor and David Tennant. Tracy goes on, both are doing what they always do. The Master is trying to take over the world and Doc is coming up with a last-ditch plan to save everyone. Each is in his element, but I must admit I'm much more mesmerised by the Master as he alternately celebrates, schemes, and agonizes. It is so interesting to see the interplay of pride, power, and passion in the Master, Rassilon, and the Doctor. The Master knows he's the smartest person in the world and solely responsible for his new success. It just eats him up when Rassilon shows power over him by reversing his Master race. And then Tracy goes on. And then there's the Doc, fighting with himself over whether to kill and which person's death will save the rest of the world. The payoff sees the Master collaborating with the Doctor at last, which hasn't happened previously in New Who. The result is much more interesting for the Master, who is more of a wild card. The Doctor, we know, typically chooses a path involving less fighting and more cooperating. Massively good performances all round. Yes, and Tracy's rating... We'll be in the next episode. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for sending that in, Tracy. I hope you don't mind us splitting it up into two episodes. Ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land who are not Tracy, you can high-five Tracy online. She is at... You got not enough. That's Fountain Tracy. Backwards. Thanks again, Tracy. You guys love doing that. (laughs) We really do. My favourite moment of every Our next listener mini is a listener maxi, and it comes from Trenton Bless. Trenton from America. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) And wholly unexpected. Uh, Trenton has, as just said, he sent in a maxi, and it is a maxi maxi. So we are, as he himself has as predicted, we are truncating and we're only reading out part of it. We will say, though, <laughs> it is 10 to 1 a.m. over here and we all have work in the morning. So we've decided going forwards, 
If you want us to read out your uh, whole review, please send us 250 words, no more. Uh, or as uh, some of our uh, fabulous listeners have done, send in both a maxi for the website and a mini for the podcast. Um, otherwise, if you're sending in something that is longer than 250 words, what we'll do is uh, we will read out either your rating uh, or the last paragraph of your mini. Yeah, because we need sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we really need sleep. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a great way to introduce a mini, so... <laughs> All right, here we go. Trenton says... The last 20 minutes, we just get an RTD-era fan wank. That's exactly what it is. We visit companions, and even the great-granddaughter of that one lady from human nature slash the family of blood. I mean, my goodness. This <laughs> went on for too long. Just gets to the regeneration already. It's like the web planet. The episode goes on too long. <laughs> Trenton goes on, the regeneration itself was over the top. I mean, why did they blow up the TARDIS? I, I may not be the biggest fan of the Coral TARDIS, but seeing it on fire wasn't really needed. And seriously, I don't want to go. Is that the best you've got? The one thing I like about the regeneration is Matt Smith as the 11th Doctor. I mean, he's so different from his last incarnation in that he doesn't get all dramatic when he regenerates. Geronimo! <laughs> <laughs> he was calm. <laughs> And he made his speech and went quickly before he could cry like Ten did. And Trenton goes on. So, what did I think of this two-parter? I think this whole story was a part of a bigger plot to turn the Tenant fangirls onto the new Doctor and showrunner. It ended up happening on its own, but whatever. When comparing this to other regeneration stories, this one feels too long. Even though there is a regeneration story that is almost five hours in length. So, I'm giving this one 1. 1.6 out of 5. I don't disagree with that rating in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We see where you're coming from, Trenton. Yeah. Definitely bring up some very good points. Yeah. Thank you very much for sending that in, Trenton. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, you can read uh, Trenton's maxi review in its full splendor on whobackwhen.com. And in the meantime, if you want to high-five him online, you can. He is at Trenton Bless. That's Bless with two S's. Okie dokie. Right. We're done. This is it. Wow. wow. <laughs> the winds of change are blowing. <laughs> I had a good time talking about this one. Yeah, yeah. Too, <laughs> yeah, yeah, We definitely did this the right way. Yeah, we did. Let's maybe never record two episodes back to back on a school night again. No, oh, God, no. <laughs> uh, can people follow you online and uh, express their appreciation in digital form? Yes, they can, because I can never get too much love from podcast land. I can be found at Drew Bagwell. <laughs> Excellent branding. <laughs> Uh, Marie, you're not on Twitter. No. But people can send in comments, questions, and uh, general adoration to whobackwhen at gmail.com, and uh, we'll pass it along. Uh, you can high-five me on online as well. I will high-five you right back. I am at Ponkin. You know how to spell that. Thank you so much for listening. Be rad and excellent to each other. Rock on. And cha-chao. I don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I raised my beaker. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Then find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. 
Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or, <laughs> still funny, audio Who review. Cha ciao. Who back when? <laughs>